0: John chapter number 13, If you begin with me, we're going to look in verse number 18 and read through verse 35. If you're looking at verse number 18, if you look up just a few verses, you'll see something Jesus says in verse number 14. He's speaking to his disciples and he says, ye ought to wash one another's feet. That's this famous story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet as an example. He's proving that he should be and he was going to be a servant to other people. And we should determine to be servants to other people. You know how to tell if you have a servant's heart? See how you react when someone treats you like a servant. And you'll know whether you have a servant's heart or not. And uh, we're called to be servants. And also in this passage of Scripture, in this chapter, the Lord Jesus speaking to His disciples in preparation for the time that was ahead. Jesus says to His disciples in verse number 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. hear that? Love one another. He says it again in verse number 34. That ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. you see that? Look at verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one another. There's an emphasis here. He says, I want you to be a servant. And I want you to love one another. I want to read this passage to you. Uh, Judas is scared. He's just getting ready to be identified as the betrayer. And Jesus' heart is broken because Judas has rejected the Savior. I want you to follow along as I read to you. John chapter 13 beginning in verse 18. The Bible says, I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, That one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one to another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was, leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sock. When I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said to him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, when he was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. What do you think the emphasis of these last couple of verses is? Love one another, right? Love one another. That's our message today. Love one another. Now, when we come to this passage of Scripture, I can't help but always wonder what the context and what the purpose of the context is. And as you begin to study, you can begin to see and God will begin to show you uh, why he wants to emphasize love one another. And I can't help but believe that here's the reason why. You know what's going to happen in the next few days in the life of the disciples? I'll tell you. A whole bunch. And it's going to be tough. As a matter of fact, they're going to have the temptation over and over and over and over again over the course of the next little bit to be at odds with each other. Judas Iscariot is going to betray Jesus. I'll just tell you, Jesus has been nothing but good to Judas Iscariot. Jesus has tried to be patient with Judas Iscariot. Jesus has worked with Judas Iscariot. Jesus preached to Judas Iscariot. Jesus trusted Judas Iscariot. Jesus has done everything he can to be a blessed Judas Iscariot. And Judas Iscariot is going to betray Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. I want you to be Peter for just a minute. You love Jesus. And Judas Iscariot, after all Jesus has done for him, betrays him. You're Peter. How do you respond? Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I, got I, I love one another, right? No, you're like I'd like to get my hands around his throat. That's what you're thinking. That's not right. That's not the spirit of Christ. Now, when you think about the other disciples, do you know what Peter's going to do here in just? I mean, just a few minutes. In conversation, Jesus is going to look Peter right square in the eyes and say, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Jesus is going to warn him and say, hey, look, Peter, you're getting ready to make a mistake. And you know what Peter's going to do? He's going to look Jesus in the eye and say, no, I'm not. And Jesus is going to look back at him and say, before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me. You know what Peter does? Just that. He acts foolish. He grabs a sword and whacks off Malchus's ear. He acts foolish and cowardly and follows Jesus far off. And three times in the very near future, Peter's going to deny Christ. How do you think that's going to make John and the other disciples feel about Peter? That's good for nothing. He said that he would follow Jesus even unto death. When you look at Peter, do you think about what Peter did to Jesus. And you love Jesus, and you're one of his disciples, and you know Peter. You know Peter stuck his foot in his mouth before. What's your response? I know, I know. Love one another. No. That's not what our flesh does, right? Our flesh... And our sin nature, it responds to adversity, not with love, but with bitterness and anger. And so the Lord Jesus, knowing what was going to happen in the near future, He knew that there was going to be betrayal. He knew there was going to be anger and evil and Satan and trouble and difficulty and problems and misunderstandings. And emotions going a million different directions. And Jesus looks at his disciples. He says, listen boys. Here's my commandment. Here's a new commandment. Here's a commandment that you need to pay close attention to. And you're going to need it. Love one another. Love one another. You see, it's so simple. The little song, Jesus Loves Me This I Know. It's so simple, but it is so utterly important and profound that Christian people operate in a heart of love. And I'm not talking about some fickle emotion. I'm talking about the same kind of love that would cause Christ to commit to the cross Because he loved you and I enough to die on the cross for our sins. Love. The Bible says love one another. Jesus says to his disciples, this is my new commandment. Love one another. We should love one another. Look what the Bible says, and we want to understand point number one. Love one another. This statement and this truth, love one another, is number one, unconditional. Unconditional. How many of you have been around people that are just lovely? I've been around people who are lovely. How many of you know somebody in your life? And I don't think you should raise your hand. How many of you know somebody in your life that's easy to love? How many of you know somebody like that? Isn't it great? Hallelujah. You know what we should determine? We should determine to be one of those people easy to love people. How have you ever known somebody that wasn't easy to love? Don't elbow your wife or husband. <laughs> uh, you see, it's. At times, easy to love, and other times, it's hard to love. But love, the love that you and I as God's children are to have towards all people is unconditional. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying to Peter, hey, listen, Peter. You need to love Judas even though Judas is going to do something terrible. And Jesus was saying, hey, John, you need to love Peter, even though Peter is going to be a knucklehead in the very near future. And Jesus is saying to John, you need to love Luke. And to Luke, you need to love John. And he was reminding his disciples that though the situation in the very near future is going to be tough and testing and difficult, you've got to remember something. You will not accomplish anything with bitterness and hate. You need to love unconditionally. It was unconditional. Jesus wasn't telling Peter to love. Judas was scary because Judas was a sweet little angel. I don't know. The message was clear: love one another. In spite of the betrayal, in spite of the envy, in spite of the stress, in spite of the error, in spite of the trouble, love. Now, Jesus sets this example. Now, if you think for a minute that Jesus didn't love Judas, you're wrong. Did Jesus love Judas to scare? The answer is what? Yes. I'll prove it. I think this is so exciting. One of my favorite things about this text this morning is what I've been able to see in this little phrase. And you'll see it. It's no secret. I didn't find anything new. But this is so wonderful. The Bible says in verse 20, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me. Now what's he saying? He says, if I send somebody and you receive him, you've received me. And then he continues. And this is Jesus. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. What's Jesus saying? He says, if you receive me, you in turn, have received God. Now, the opposite is true. If you reject Jesus' messenger, you reject Jesus. If you reject Jesus, you reject God the Father. And if you've rejected Jesus and God the Father, then you've made a terrible mistake. So, Jesus is just telling the story. He says, I'm getting ready to identify Judas to scare you. And he says, I want to understand something. If you receive my messenger... You receive me. If you receive me, you receive him that sent me. You receive God. And when Jesus says that, look at this. The Bible says in verse 21, when Jesus had thus said, when he said that, have you ever said something and then you happen to think about what you said and and it was like, you're like, oh, man, that is true. It happens to us sometimes. And I bet you've done this. This is graduation Sunday. How many of you, you have a senior in high school and you said, my son is... Graduating and you're like, did I just say that? My daughters graduate. Did I just say that? I mean, I can't believe that my kids are as old as they are. How I many of you ever had those moments? Where you said something, then it's like you said it, and you're like, Wow. Now, Jesus didn't say something, be like, oh wow, I just realized I said something. He knows he knows everything. But here's the emphasis. Look at it. He says, when he said that if you reject me, you reject God. If you receive me, you receive God. When he said it, look what he does. Verse 21, when Jesus had thus said he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. He was, guess what he said? Oh, Judas, if you reject me, you reject God. And I'll just tell you, Jesus wasn't mad. Because Judas rejected him. His feelings weren't hurt. I'll tell you the emotion that Jesus had. The emotion that Jesus had, that troubled spirit, was the fact that Jews had rejected God. And rejecting God has a penalty. It's hell. You know what broke Jesus' heart? What broke Jesus' heart was somebody he loved. Somebody he loved had turned their back on God. That's what broke his heart. Now, I'll just tell you, if anybody on the planet ever had a reason to be upset and hate somebody else, Jesus had a reason to hate Judas. But all you know something, Jesus loved Judas. And it's a picture to us of the unconditional nature of Christian love one to another. What exception are there? Is there? There is none. I remember as a kid, we used to say, well, you, got, you don't have to like everybody, but you've got to love everybody. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Well, it's true. I don't want to minimalize it, but it's true. And you should attempt to like everybody if you can. But we've got to love. We can't be walking around angry and bitter all the time about something that happened 50 years ago. We can't be angry and bitter about something that happened two years ago or a year ago. We shouldn't be angry and bitter about something that happened yesterday. We're to keep our sin account short. Let me tell you something. You may have been dealt with dirty and unjustly, but if you are holding a grudge and it happened yesterday, it's no longer their sin ultimately, but your sin that you'll answer for. Why? The Bible says we should love one another. And Jesus' heart was broken because the man that betrayed him was going to suffer the consequences and Jesus teaches us that love is unconditional. There's a verse in Romans chapter 13, Romans 13 verse 10. It says this, love worketh no ill. Isn't that a beautiful verse? Love worketh no ill. Oh, it's so good. Love worketh no I'll, I'll just tell you something. If you're blasting somebody because you're angry with them, if you're blasting somebody, period, you don't love them. And God should convict you of your sin, of not loving one another. Love one another. It's unconditional. There's another passage of Scripture. I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn there. I remember as a young person, the first time I saw this passage of Scripture, and I happened to think, I was hoping that maybe this will happen to somebody today. 1 Corinthians, chapter number 13. A lot of people call this the love chapter. And uh, don't get the wrong idea because it's not mushy. As a matter of fact, biblical love is something that's very, very deep and strong. The word in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in the King James Version of the Bible, is charity. And charity and love is the same word. And the Bible says in this passage of Scripture, beginning in verse number 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels... And have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. What's that verse mean? It means if you are the greatest orator that ever lived, if you can say things better than anybody else can say things, and you say them like an angel, an angel voice, and you say them without love, he says you're no better than a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. You're just tooting a horn and clanging a drum, and that's it. Love is what makes speech powerful verse number 2 and though i have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though i have all faith so that i could remove mountains and have not charity i am nothing you could be the big spiritual giant of a person you, have, you don't you don't have love you don't have anything you don't have anything verse number 3 and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. He says, you can be generous as generous comes. If you don't have love in your heart, then it profits you nothing. And then he begins to describe this Christian love. How many of you have ever seen folks who say they're in love? mm <laughs> A lot of times people say they're in love, they're not. They're in lust, not love. The Bible says here about love. Now, love is not some fickle emotion. The Bible says in verse 4, charity, love, charity suffereth long. I want you to know something. Charity will stick with you for a long time. Charity will put up with a lot of junk. I think that's what the Bible says, right? Charity suffereth long. If you get to the place where you think, I've had enough, you've not. Not if you love them. Not if you love the way God called you to love. And there was coming times in the near future for the disciples where they were going to be put out and fed up. And Jesus said, wait, remember, listen. Love one another. The Bible says, charity suffereth long. Charity, verse before four, is kind. Well, I think that's an important verse, isn't it? Don't raise your hand, but how many of you need to work on kindness? (laughs) It's a byproduct of love. It's a byproduct of Christian love. There's a difference between love and yourself. That's not the love of the Bible. There's a lot of people who love themselves, and because they love themselves so much, they can't be kind to anybody else. The real love's kind. The Bible says in verse 4, charity envieth not. Well, that's a beautiful verse, isn't it? Charity. Love envieth not. You know what love says? Love doesn't look at somebody that has more possessions than you do and says, good night, lucky ducks. I wish I had something like that. No, they're like, man, I'm really happy for you. That's a blessing. Love envieth not. Love Love doesn't say, boy, I wish I had your health. You know what love says? Real love. I talked to a man not long ago. His son was very sick. And he said, Preacher, I just wish that I could be sick for him. Let me show you something. That's love. Love doesn't look at somebody and say, Oh, man, I wish I had your health. Love says, I wish I could take away your burden. Love envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. That word vaunteth not itself. I'll tell you, real love Gets the place where you don't even remember that you have a need. Now we all have needs. But real love gets the place where you don't even remember that you have a need. Because your greatest concern is others. Christian love puts others first. And Jesus, looking at his disciples, he said, Listen, love one another. He says, if you don't, you're going to be miserable. You're going to miss out on the opportunity that I've designed for the early new church. You're going to miss out on the opportunity to see people saved. You're going to miss out on the opportunity to bless your families. He says, love one another. It's unconditional. Charity suffereth long. It's kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Hey, listen. Love. Is love some fickle emotion that you fall into and fall out of? Nope. Love is unconditional. And Jesus knew that his disciples at this moment needed to love one another. Number one, love is unconditional. Number two, love is a command. Love is a command. I want you to look back in our text together, and I think it's very important we note how Jesus tells us about this love. In verse 34, he says, A new commandment I give unto you. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. I think we need to pay close attention to that word commandment. A new commandment I give unto you. Have you ever been commanded to do something that you'd rather not do? My mom raised me. I can raise my hand. It happened. Commanded. Have you ever been commanded to do something that was your, some by someone that was your authority, and you did it anyway, and when you finished doing it, you're glad you did? I, I've done that. Commandment. Now, love is not something that you get to pick and choose. You don't get to pick and choose who you love and who you hate. You don't get to pick and choose who you're kind to and who you're not kind to. You don't get to pick and choose who you love and don't. Now, that's contrary to what our flesh tells us, is it not? But it's so true. Love. Now, love is a commandment. It's a commandment. Love is a command. God says, This is what you have to do. It's important we do that. Love is a command. Now, Jesus says, I want you to do this. Love's pri- not primarily emotional, love is not primarily a feeling. Love is a command. It deals with the matter of honor and duty. But what are we to do? God's commanded us to love one another. So, what's that mean? That means we've got to keep our command. We've got to honor God's command. We've got to fulfill the duty that God has put in our hearts to do. I love those words, honor. It's missing, isn't it? How often do you see somebody that will not keep their word? How often do you meet somebody who will not do what they said they do? How many often do you meet somebody who has no honor? They have no work ethic. It drives me nuts. And I have to really fight to love that person. <laughs> Honor. Love is something that is honorable. Love is our duty. And we should man up or woman up or whatever up and love. Because God's commanded us to. God's commanded us to. We're to love one another. It's a command. How many of you ever in the morning get up and you don't feel like doing what you're supposed to do? How many of you do that? I'm not, I don't like mornings, honestly. I get up every morning, but I don't like mornings. I don't like them. But i tell you this, every time I get up and do what I'm supposed to do, when I look back on the day, I look back and say, wow, I'm glad I got up. How many of you can identify with that? It may be rough for 15 minutes. For some of you, it may be rough for an hour and a half. For me, it's about, eh. 10, 12, I had a Bible college professor. He said, every morning when I get up, I do not feel saved. He says, it takes two cups of coffee before I feel saved in the morning. He said, now, that doesn't mean that I'm not saved. It just means I don't feel saved. And I don't know about you, but there are often times where of necessity... That people come into our lives that we have to love them because God commanded us to. We have to love them because it is our duty. We have to decide that we're not going to let them have the power over us to cause us to be bitter and angry. And we have to, because God commanded, love them. And like getting up in the morning when you don't feel like loving. When you don't feel like fulfilling your duty. I'll just tell you something. If you'll say, I'm going to love them because God commanded me to. I'm going to forgive them because God commanded me to. I'm not going to hold bitters in my heart because God commanded me to. And you suck it up and you're uncomfortable for a few minutes. Guess what? You're going to look back and say, praise God that I love that unlovely person. You see, love is a command God commanded us this is my commandment and so many of us we think eh, I'll love him if I feel like it I'll love her if I feel like it and that's how we treat our marriages that's how we treat our families I'll love them as long as they do what they want me what I want them to do I'll love them as long as they don't take something away from me I'll love them as long as they Pass all my tests. I love them then, but as soon as I fail one time, they don't love you no more. That ain't love. Let me tell you something. Every person that ever breathed air in some form or fashion will fail you. That's why God says, I command you to love them. And by the way, every person that breathes air, at some point in time, you will fail Someone else, and you need to praise God. If that person you failed is the kind of Christian who says, "God's commanded me to love them," I'll just tell you: if we were to look at loving people as a duty, it'd change our futures. I I think you should look at loving people as a duty. Some people think like the word "duty." It's like, listen, love is our duty. We're commanded to. Jesus says, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Love is unconditional. Love one another is a command. Number three, love is exampled by Jesus. Where do we get the example of love? We get it from none other than Jesus himself. Let me show you from the Bible what I mean. In our Bible text, the Bible says in verse 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you. Jesus says love one another. He says, "He doesn't say just love one another because I said so. He says love one another because I do so. Have you ever heard anybody say, do as I say and all as I do? If that ever comes out of your mouth, shame on you. You're an unprincipled person. Especially if you say it to a child. You say to a child, do as I say and as I do? Shame on you. I'm not kidding. That's bad, that's wrong. I heard, a, I heard a kid get cussed in the parking lot yesterday. It breaks my heart. They're trying to get them to be quiet, trying to get the kid to do the right thing. They're cussing this kid. It's all I can do not to punch him out. I just didn't want to be in jail on Sunday. <laughs> do, do as I say and as I do. That's foolish. Jesus says, do as I do. Do as I do. And by the way, that reminds me. Men, if your children learn how to love by your example, what kind of love do they have? Ladies, if your children and grandchildren, men, your grandchildren, if your children and grandchildren learn how to love by your example, what kind of example do they have? Wives, if your husbands learn to love by your example, what kind of example do they have? Husbands, your wives learn how to love by your example, what kind of example do they have? I pray God will smite our hearts. Jesus set the example. He says, love one another as I have loved you. I don't know how many ways he loved them, but he loved them like only God could. In just a few days from the text that we're reading, Jesus will go on the cross. The ultimate show of love when he dies on the cross for our sins. Earlier in this passage of Scripture, he says, I'm going to a place you can't go. He wasn't talking about heaven because we can go there. Jesus says, I'm going to a place you can't go. I'll tell you where he's going. He was going to suffer the sins of the whole world, and we can't go there. Praise the Lord, because he did. He says, I'm going to tell you something, boys. Love one another. He says, example, Jesus is a pattern to follow. Jesus had every reason by fleshly standards. To not love Judas, but he did. Jesus had every reason not to love the mob of people that cried out, Crucify him. But he still stayed on the cross so that they could go to heaven if they put their trust in him. Jesus had every reason to hate all of creation because we have all sinned against God. But he loved me anyway. What an example to follow. Who is it in your world that you can justify not loving? No one. Zero Jesus had loved one another. It's an example. He, he exampled that. Not only is Jesus' example of love a pattern to follow, but it's a debt to repay. How can we act so rotten when we are so blessed? How, how could I hate someone when Jesus loves me? Well, we can. We do, but we shouldn't. Oh, Jesus loves me. There's some verses. One verse is, we forgive because he's forgiven us. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Why in the world should you not forgive someone when you've been forgiven of so much? And the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. And then this verse says, we should love one another because Jesus loves us. The progression goes in the right direction. And folks, there is no excuse. As a matter of fact, if you do not love one another, you live a life of bitterness and anger, wrath and malice and rottenness towards people, you're sinning against the great love that Jesus has shown you. You see, love one another is exampled by Jesus. And finally, number four, love one another is a Christian's identity. I, I want to show you what I mean. What the Bible says here in verse number thirty five By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye love one another. By what? By loving one another. By this shall all men know that you're a say, I'll just tell you something. According to the scripture. The way to identify who a Christian is. Is if they love one another. Hmm. How many of you are really upset and angry with somebody? Is your actions and attitude... That which would identify you as a child of God. I hope it is. Now, I'm going to be really frank. I rarely ever say anything that would try to shake somebody off of their knowing that they're saved. Because I know that you can know that you're saved. But listen to this. If you live in a spirit of bitterness towards people and you blame other people for your problems and you are consistently and constantly in a bitterness of spirit I'm talking it's consistent I'm not talking 24 7 I mean you have that's something that's happening all the time and you harbor bitterness in your heart I want you to know something you better make sure that you're saved you better make sure that you know the Lord If you're not saved, it's it's hard to get over those things. But if you are, God will give you the grace. God will give you the ability to forgive your transgressors because you will identify and see how clearly God has forgiven yours. And Jesus says, look, the love that you have one for another is your identifier as a Christian. It's that badge that says, that is a child of God. It's that badge that says, that is somebody that loves God. That is somebody that's saved. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye love one another. Hey listen, this matter of Christian love is very important. You want to know how to make a difference in your community? Love one another. Have a spirit of unity. Be the kind of person that lets things go. Be the kind of person that is gracious in the face of adversity. Be the kind of person that loves the brethren, that loves one another. You know... Jesus was preparing his disciples. And I know for a fact that Jesus is preparing us. How many of you realize that as we live life, there's adversities to face? And all God's people said, Amen, O me, Hallelujah, whatever you want to say, it'd be appropriate. How many of you understand that as the days are ahead, there's going to be temptation To not love certain people. As a matter of fact, there's going to be a great temptation to hate. There'll be a great temptation to hold bitterness in your heart. How do you know that's to be true? And so, as we face the days ahead, just like Jesus said to his disciples a little over 2,000 years ago, he says to his disciples today, hey, it's going to get tough out there. It's going to get rough. You're going to be tempted to hate people. You're going to be tempted to be bitter. You're going to be tempted to be angry. You're going to be tempted to let the devil win. And Jesus is saying to us, his disciples, today. You know what he's saying? He's saying, hey, listen. Hey, this is my commandment. That ye love one another. Isn't it true? May God help us to have that spirit. I believe he will. If you want it, he'll give it to you. This is my commandment. That ye love one another.